All right, we're sitting down here with Kathy Pruitt, who has a very interesting story, and these are the kind of stories that like we love to touch on with the BWR, with who it brings to the BWR. And really, before we get into it, Kathy, let's kind of hear a little background on like your story, like what you've done, where you're at now, and you know, kind of what everything brings you to BWR. That's pretty much my whole life history. <laughs> so, um, been riding bicycles, motorcycles, anything with two wheels since I was about four. My family was super motocross, motorcycle centric growing up. That transitioned into mountain bikes. Uh, I love the wind in my hair. I like the challenge of being by myself doing something. And uh, it ended up racing World Cup circuit for about, I think, almost 15 years. Started when I was 14 till about 29. And uh, ended, ended uh, my racing career kind of with a pretty big bike accident. Um, I'm fine now, but I just took a moment. I had three or four months to recover, and I decided I didn't want to race anymore. Um, took a step away, started working in the industry. Bikes have progressed a lot since then, since the, the uh, what, 2000s, early 2000s. So enduro racing is awesome. Uh, I live in San Diego now and I work for Canyon Bicycles and uh, there's a lot of amazing bikes to choose from but accessibility to mountain bike trails down here is a little further away than I'd like so then road riding which has been super fun so like speaking on that like with your background we don't have I'd say too many like female downhill world cup racers (laughs) like how was that like can you give us kind of a couple of brief like hints of like what you have done or, you know, like what, like you're, you know, you're pretty legit over here. Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty confident in my background with what I've done, which was why I was a- able to step away. I, I've won multiple national championships, like world championships, world cup titles, podiums, you know, my friends all s- mostly still race. Uh, but at a certain point, you're like, cool, I did that. Now what else am I going to do with my life? Because nobody's life completely re- revolves around racing and results. You want to challenge yourself and do something else. Like, that's what life's about, right? Because then you die and you're like, damn, I didn't do it. Uh, so um, aside from the results that I was, you know, uh, achieving, I stepped away and then wanted to achieve some other things. I'm 30, I just turned 37. And I always told myself that I would do endurance stuff later in life. Uh, my dad was a pretty good marathon runner, and uh, I just wasn't into it when I was in my 20s or a teenager. Like, who's into pedaling up a hill? Unless you can go downhill really on the other side. So for me now, I think I'm at the right point in my life where I can be like, cool, I did all this stuff, which is awesome, right? Like, you can tell people you did it, ride down the hill fast medals and things but it's like more of a personal thing now like what else can I do because uh, women I feel like get stronger when they're later in life I guess I'm not sure if that's a true thing I mean it's true. <laughs> yeah, Michael Michael says it's true so Michael true. said yeah he said yeah. so you know BWR is to be your first BWR second second BWR sorry uh, admittedly <clears throat> the longest I rode before the last year's one was 60 miles <laughs> so yeah so how'd that go let's go through that real quick so yeah <laughs> So it definitely went pretty hard. Uh, I started with the first group, all the women do at BWR. You start with the fast guys. I, I'm really good for about three hours. 
And then I'm kind of just like, whoa, it's hot. Like, I need to stop, like, stretch. I was way out of my comfort zone at the top of Black Canyon. <laughs> so I took a break, and I realized I should wait for my friend Mike. We trained together for the event. I should wait for him. Like, I shouldn't be an a-hole and not wait for him. Plus, it was an excuse to put my legs up because I was in a bad way, and it was only mile 40. So, from my experience from the Cape Epic, when I got heat stroke, when I was like 22, I realized that I like to turn the gas on way too hard too soon. So, speaking from wisdom and being older, I was like, cool, just sit down. It's cool. You know, your pride is probably a little bit hurt right now, but it's going to be all right. Mike never showed up. It was 45 minutes. So I finally decided I better start riding on the road. I have, I'm on my, it was a stigmata at the time. And full cyclocross tires. Road riding was really hard. Um, because, well, you have a lot of resistance with the tires that I had. Linked up with the group that I'm still in touch with now. Three guys. We rode 100 miles together the rest of the race. And they brought me through all the road sections. And when someone flatted, we all stopped. When someone wanted a break, we all stopped. Um, so what I got out of BWR was, yeah, it took me 11-something hours to finish, but I really got a full spect- like spectrum of what this whole like gravel thing is about because previously to this sport, it was always about me in a start gate with a full face helmet on with goggles with a timer that counts down from 10, you go cross a beam and you race down a ski hill as fast as you can for five minutes and you cross a finish line and nobody really is experiencing the journey with you at all it's just all in your head so I bonded with all these different people that showed up to ride around in the mountains for 140 miles and I never thought that I was going to enjoy it but I really did and around 105 miles I started to feel better and that's when the first hour that it opened for signups this year I signed up I was driving and I was like oh I gotta sign up I gotta get redemption now that I like get what it's all about so I've been training a bunch I guess you training I don't know uh riding more and feeling good and I'm still excited to like who knows what's gonna happen you're gonna make friends you might crash you might have a good story you might like do an epic, amazing job for f- 60 miles and then just bonk. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that, that happens. But it's a way more dynamic adventure than what I've been used to with the other sports like motocross racing or time trial downhill, uh, dirt jumping, anything. It's just way more involved. And there's, like I was telling you earlier, it's like a, playing a game of chess. Every sport you do, you have to figure out how to like beat the sport not the people there's like a formula to success but how do you get it (laughs) no it's an interesting way to look at that like not too many people have kind of like mentioned or touched on that um you know okay so last year was your first you know unknown you did 60 miles and you did bwr and you went through your ups and downs yeah you know loved it but so like you know fast forward and now you know you signed up you're in we're here at camp what, what are your thoughts, you know, what are your goals? Or, like, what do you think about going into BWR this year now? That, now that you have had one, you're into it, you know, like, you somehow, like, endurance now after being a downhill motor <laughs> chick. So, like, what, uh, what are your thoughts going into, like, 2020 now, like, going back into BWR? My thoughts are that I'm going to be a little bit better prepared. I'm going to have some better equipment, thanks to Canyon. 
I'm going to have more friends out on the road. Um, and hopefully I do better than 11 hours. <laughs> and I just can have a more full experience rather than feeling like I'm surviving is really what my goal is. I, I know people think I go down the hill fast, so that's awesome. But if we were to like look at my uphill versus downhill skills, it's like it's not even. So I'm really working on the uphill skills, uh, which I hope helps. So I have no expectation. I, I just want to maybe like do a couple hours faster, something like that. I think that's a pretty pretty good goal to shoot for. Like, yeah. so speaking like you know, obviously you're you know more than qualified with your skills on the off road. But you know, then again, you know, you were on a downhill bike and you mm-hmm. had all the travel, and now you're on a road bike, gravel bike, and how is that like that changeover? Like now being on a, you know, your canyon that has no dropper, and you're <laughs> going, you know, because BWR has a little bit of everything. It's you know, it's got you know washboard, it's got dirt roads, it's got sandy stuff, it's got trails. Like how how do you feel, or like how, how do you view that, like the off road parts of BWR? You know, with your background, right? That's like a really good question because today there were some questionable lines happening on Bandy and I almost didn't take a few of them because I knew people behind me might not know how to unweight their bikes and like bunny hop pointy rocks, Mm -hmm. you know, and and turns out someone got a flat from one of those things. Um, I feel like my background for sure has the whole package of knowing how to handle my bike and knowing where to put it when I need to put it. Um, for me, it's more like how do I get faster on the road because the climbing or the, uh, you know, being in a group and like sharing your responsibilities and pulling and all that stuff, like I think got that. Um, going down the hills fast with a sketchy little tire, I mean, it never feels good. <laughs> and I have that's to tell to you. hear from someone like yeah, you. Like if you've got washboard that's maybe like half an inch thick, right, which was what today was, I, yeah. I think, and – you're, you're going maybe, like, I'm just guessing here, 25 miles an hour. You can either accelerate or you can slow down to make it more comfortable. But literally, like, if you watch Supercross, what did people do on the whoop section? They gas it mm-hmm. because there's two options. You go fast or you go slow. And so my advice is, well, you commit to one or the other. And so for me, uh, with the gravel bikes, like, the confidence that I have with the background, I have no problem with the dirt stuff it's the pain that you feel on the climbing. Like, how do you get past that? <laughs> I don't know. If you figure that out, you let me know. Cause I'm still trying to figure that out as well. I mean, um, I just carry all the snacks I can. And I think like, well, if I fully just bonk, I'll just shove a bunch of Swedish fish in my face and hopefully feel better. No, that's not a, that's not a bad option at all. Like it's, it's funny though. Cause like with you, like I'd say most people for BWR, like the majority are kind of like road type riders that maybe don't know how to ride in the dirt so that's kind of their biggest issue they're the ones trying to kill gravel <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i think there's one of those guys here um but like so with you though like you're you know you're a dirt you know girl that has that experience yeah. and so you're learning the road stuff so mm-hmm. like you know besides like you know just dealing with that you know that pain of climbing like how has it been like adjusting to the road because i mean bwr starts it's massive you know there's mm-hmm. you know you're close to everyone you're on the road you're going fast like it is completely different like how's that adjustment been for you to like learn those road you know tactics those right. sitting in the washing machine the being at the front the not pulling in the wind it's been a little bit like being at school mm-hmm. because it's very straightforward it's cut and dry there's a one way to do it uh if there's wind coming from a certain direction like 
figure out rotation of people. If there's more road, like don't run a mega tire. If your strengths are not climbing, then maybe don't try to break away in the climb. I mean, these are all really obvious things to me, but I'm just saying it. I mean, some people may not. (laughs) Like think about what your strengths are and feel comfortable and like be super confident in them. But things that you know that you're working on, don't push yourself into a uh, into a massive hole so that you can't even do the thing that you enjoy and that probably will set you apart if you can at least just try to hang on. Road riding for me is way different because you have to stay with a group of people. Not that I'm not a, a team player, but I prefer to sort of make my own tactics. And so working with a group of people that you're racing with, that's kind of weird, right? Think it's about, definitely different, yeah. Think about it's motocross. Like, no, nobody in motocross is like, cool, yeah, yeah you can go in front. No, and AC then... and Tomac aren't working <laughs> out there. You're yeah. under the same route. Right, yeah. So the concept of shared responsibility for the greater good, I still don't get it. But, like, I do it mm-hmm. because it prolongs everybody's experience on the road, right, in the group. Um, the, the hardest part is just seriously following really close to someone's front tire. That's not really comfortable. Yeah. I think a lot of people struggle with that, mm-hmm. but if you don't do it, then uh, you're working harder, right? So name of the game is like move forward, but more efficiently. It sounds kind of dorky, but no, it's true. It's true. There's a lot of backwards things in the road tactics that I heard that you have them. some some good tactics with the sweater <laughs> game. Yeah, the sweater game's on par. Sweater game 2020. You know. It's like, because then you always have an excuse if it's like you're not doing well right, or if you're maybe cafe. coming off. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm just in my sweater. Like, can't take me too seriously. But then if you do something good, you're like, oh, well, I was in a sweater. And, and you guys and you're, suck. You're in, your, <laughs> and you're in your skin suit. Like, joke's on you, bud. But <laughs> one more thing I wanted to say about starting in a big group. Uh, I grew up racing motocross in a start gate from, like, age four. I know that sounds crazy to some people, but it's true. My parents are amazing. They gave me a great childhood of motocross. And every weekend... So I'm Did fine you start with, with like that. A PW50. You know what I started with? This three wheeler. Okay, three wheeler. Three wheeler. I think they're like illegal now. <laughs> I think they're just. Yeah, they're illegal. You don't want to be on. <laughs> like I had an open face three wheeler, yellow. That's, anyway. That's epic. Um, then quad, then peewee, then sixty eighty. But you know, as they go. But you go. Everyone's racing for. I don't know if people listening to this, if you have not seen a supercross or motocross race, this is how it goes. There's a bunch of metal in front of your front tire, and it drops down. Everyone goes, like 30 people at the same time. And everyone's going as fast as they can, like as quick as they can, and as probably irresponsibly as they can to cut in front of everybody else to get to the first corner first. So knowing that's my background, I have to hold myself back a lot of times from taking inside lines on corners because that's not a cool move. Yeah, you don't want to stop someone because more than likely, unfortunately, some of the road cyclists don't have those handling skills no, to where if you kind of nudge them, them. that's going to, you know, train wreck. And you know what else I'm mostly scared of about doing that? Is yeah, for sure there's a downhill, but then they're going to just absolutely decimate me on the uphill and not let me ride with them. <laughs> hey, you're like, you might need that wheel when you reach the top of Black Canyon. It's true. And there's a headwind. Yeah. Hey, wanna guys. have that friend. <laughs> help me out. No, you're not cool. Cut me off. Um, so switching gears a little bit. So you, you work at Canyon. Canyon is obviously a big part of EWR. So you must kind of have like an arsenal of like what you can try or ride or, you know, do you do a 650? Do you do a 700? Like where are you at right now? Cause you're kind of like 
we were talking about earlier, a little interesting, like you have the dirt background. Yep. You know, a lot of people come here and they need to get the bigger tires or have the gravel bike because they can't handle themselves on the dirt. So they don't want to crash. Safer option. Exactly. Yeah. But they might be giving that up on the road. You're kind of opposite. So like, you know, what have you kind of been playing with or what are you kind of thinking, you know, right. as far as going into BWR now that you have done it, you know, the terrain, mm-hmm. like what's your setup looking like? The setup I'm going for right now is going to be a skinnier tire. This is what I'm saying right now, but it's January. I rode today with the IRC Serac sand, which they are giving everybody here to use, which is super nice of them. Um, I don't have a lot of experience with with different uh, tires other than cyclocross tires. So um, I rode down, uh, what is it called, Black Canyon? Down the hill, back down? Yeah. And it felt pretty solid, but the grail with the 650 wheels in those tires pretty much in indestructible i definitely could have gone faster down the hill and i definitely would have been more comfortable and i probably wouldn't have avoided as many rocks today going through hodges or some other spots and with the 650 on the extra small you feel a lot more sporty when you push on the pedal it's a lot more of an immediate feeling of acceleration so in my mind this is something i've been thinking about because if i lose like the whole peloton right like if something i feel bad or something maybe those little like nuances of them accelerating i could like stay on the wheel with the 650 wheel and as long as i'm with the group then the downhill is not a problem but it's more about me just trying to excel in a part of this discipline where i don't feel really strong in, and i'm super torn between the two to be honest with you um between the 650 and between the grail yeah and the ultimate so what like what are the you know, to you personally, you, know, you have a different skill set. Like, so what stands out between the two that kind of tearing you? Uh, when I first started mountain biking, I raced cross-country races for, like, I think two times. <laughs> then I realized there was downhill bikes. And I always noticed that I would pass everybody on the downhills and, like, lose a water bottle, you know, back in the day. Bottle cages weren't very good. And then they'd all pass me on the uphill. So any gains I got on the downhill were, like, minimal. So my mind is like this, okay, cool. How long of a gap, how big of a gap can I make with the with the 650 wheel versus the 700 wheel? And then like, how much am I losing on the road? I never thought I'd talk like this. I sound like a total dork. <laughs> hey, no, you just, we all come around at some point, don't worry. I told you, it's like a game. I'm trying to figure out how to succeed in this, this game. So I have to look at all the things. Uh, like, I just don't know which one's faster, but I'm going to keep riding both bikes and I'm going to maybe, I'm definitely bringing the grail to the rock cobbler. Mm-hmm. So I don't know to be decided. So what, what are you feeling on like tire choice as far as like size? Are you going to go you know, larger like some because of the dirt? Are you going to go smaller because you can handle yourself in the dirt well, like a slick maybe because you're not even worried about it? Like where you, I mean, obviously today, like what we rode, it's, it's going to be different because we had a little bit of rain, so it's mm-hmm. a little more tackier. So obviously, nice. you know, obviously in May, it's usually more hard pack and slick. Yeah. And you, you know that now. So where, what do you think tire-wise, Yeah. like with your background? Uh, I'm going to go super high, pretty high inflated, smaller tire. Yep. <laughs> so you're going for the, I'm going to, I want to make sure I'm good on the road and I can handle myself on the dirt. Yeah, I can handle myself for sure uh, in the dirt. And I, this, I don't really need the skinny tire to be softer. And if I, 
Yeah, Michael we're, says 28. we're here in 28s. Uh, if I needed a softer tire, I'd probably use the Grail. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's where I'm at right now. All right, so before we wrap this up, you have a background of racing downhill. Your race runs would be like five minutes. Mm-hmm. And now you did BWR. You did 140 miles. You didn't even do you know half that before. So like, what's your advice to make people that are kind of on the fence mm-hmm. or you know hey like i don't think i can do this because i haven't done x y and z they don't and you did it feel like they have the confidence yeah they don't, maybe they don't have the confidence maybe yeah. they're a little nervous they haven't done it but you know yeah. i'd say like you kind of went through like some of the hardest challenges from your, your background yeah. what you've done to now what you're doing now and you're, and you're stoked mm-hmm. so like what's what's kind of your message or what's your tip to like maybe that person that's sitting on the couch yeah if you're sitting on the couch and you're looking for something to kind of maybe change your life or just a challenge like you know a year out or eight months out I feel like most people like having a challenge to look forward to or a trip or something, right? And if you just set yourself up for, wow, there's this thing I'm going to do that I don't think I can do, but I'm going to do it. That's crazy. But that's how you have the best adventures is when you try stuff that you don't know if you can even do. Why would you not try it? Like what's holding you back? Because you might fail? Well, so what? So does a lot of other people. I've failed numerous times at lots of things. Everybody fell over at the stoplight when they first got clip-ins. Like, everybody. I um, I think to really experience life, you have to try things that you're not sure you should even be doing. And I'm not saying you should go, like, skydive without a permit of whatever, you know, parachute well, they, knowledge. They but, yeah, like, I think that if you even – if you're even thinking about something, that means you should ask a question or do it. And that's been my motto lately. Like, if I'm thinking it, that means I probably want to do it. And then you ask yourself, why not? And usually the question is like, I don't really have a valid excuse. I know a lot of people have families, kids, responsibilities, but this is one of those events. And there's a lot of other events that are emerging probably similar to this. I haven't done them. But um, like the Cape Epic, I did that a long time ago. That really changed my life. And for the better. It gives you a better perspective. It gives you more confidence in yourself. And I think everybody needs more confidence, you know in themselves like in a quiet way (laughs) i i think that if you're thinking about it just do it and just know you're gonna have a lot of support yeah there's definitely plenty of support here so uh yeah yeah i run out there on the fence just do it you know and uh just send it sent yeah there we go as i say i will will, hey uh much appreciated for the chat we can't wait to see how you do on may 3rd and we'll recap with you after that second round at the lost abbey Oh, yeah, it's time to get a beer, right? Yeah.